Hi, I'm Nicole Haney. I'm a business coach who helps goal-driven business owners build the life and business of their dreams. In this podcast, I share tactical advice on building your business, mindset tips, and inspiring interviews to help you build your business and change your life. This is the Goals and Gratitude Podcast. Okay, so hi, Becky. Uh, Thanks for being here with us today. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm really pumped to talk to you about your business um, and jump into all of the things. But first, uh, just for people who don't know who you are yet, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what it is you do? Yeah, so my name is Beck. I'm founder of Beck's Broth located in Kitchener, Ontario. So what we do here at Beck's Broth is we're just making bone broth interesting. So we've taken your favorite everyday beverages, think bone broth hot chocolate, or sorry, think hot chocolate and coffee. And then we've uplifted it with the infusion of pasture-based bone broth. So with your favorite everyday beverages now, you're getting 15 grams of clean protein and all the other nutrients. Amazing. Okay. That sounds fantastic. It sounds delicious. It sounds um, nutritious and like healthy, really good for various things. Um, But I want to hear a bit more about your journey. So you have not always been an entrepreneur. Is that right? No, definitely not. Okay. So um, tell us a little bit about what you were doing before you became an entrepreneur and what kind of led you into this. Yeah. So I, so I founded the business in November of 2021. So it was really mid pandemic when probably it wasn't a great time to start a business, but I really did not listen to any of that fear. Um, so before that I started a marketing company when I was 19 years old. So I started with the business a year after high school ended pretty much. I had no post-secondary under my belt. I started as a receptionist and then I loved what I was doing there. I connected with the people. So then I was um, a sales executive and then I became a project manager for this marketing company for about eight years. Um, So I always, I knew that wasn't for me um, being a project manager in a big corporation. I still, I was learning every day as I went, but I realized I had this really interesting knack for getting the job done (laughs) and which came to me like full surprise. Um, So then when the pandemic hit, um, I was like, you know what, I now we're spending more time working from home. My passion has always been in the health industry, like eating clean, working out, connecting with community. So I decided um, I would come back for my 40 hours a week and I would actually enroll in school full time. So I went to the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition to become a um, holistic nutritionist. And a month after I graduated being a holistic nutritionist, I started Bex Broth. Um, So it's been a really interesting journey and none of it was planned. It all came to me as a complete surprise. And then it just kind of snowballed from there. Okay. Wow. That's quite the story and like quite the pivot as well. What do you think? Because the way that you tell it, it sounds like a very natural progression. And I'm sure at the time it felt like a natural progression to you as well. But for people listening in, I'm sure they're saying like, wow, that must have taken a lot of courage to make such a massive career change and then to jump into it so quickly as well. Like a month after you graduated, you started your business. So what gave you, what do you think gave you the courage to do that? Um, I listened to my intuition a lot. I feel like I'm always, I always say, listen, listen to the whispers and the wind. Like I, I just kind of sit with my body, see what feels good. And it often leads me in a really unique direction. So it did not happen right away. So as when I graduated um, school, I went back to work full time. So I was still working 48 plus hours a week for the marketing company. And I started Bex Broth. So I was with my holistic nutrition clients. I was starting um, the bone broth business and I was still working for the marketing company. So it was just full throttle working 80 plus hours a week. And then I finally, I realized that my passion for being an entrepreneur was just burning hot and I needed to follow it. So I didn't actually quit my marketing job until I was a year into Beck's broth. So I was juggling them all at the same time. And then I was burning myself out. So I was like, you know what, if I need to trust myself and I know that I trust myself and my intuition is strong. So I just need to take that leap and quit my corporate job that I've been with for nine, nine plus or sorry, eight plus years. 
Um, so it wasn't an easy decision, but I really just listened to my gut. And I, I'm so grateful that I have um, a husband. Well, he was a boyfriend, fiance at the time, but I was really grateful to be able to have him because he let me kind of do all of this. Like I, I didn't feel like there was like a fear of not being able to pay my bills. Like I had his support 100%. So that really let me trust myself on a deeper level. And then it also encouraged me to like get the job done because I have a duty at home to like pay the bills and kind of like, he gave me some slack for a couple of months. And I was like, I need to be able to prove that this is something that I can like, yeah, like live my life doing. Um, so there was a lot of inspiration there and encouragement. Honestly, like I agree with that so much because life is too short. Life is too short to be doing a career that you do not love and yeah. to be spending like all of your time. I mean, you said you were working 80 plus hours and 40 mm -hmm. of those hours are in a job that you don't really care about that much. Like mm -hmm. life is way too short for that. Absolutely. And it's so interesting. So when I was in, I feel like I was extremely grateful to be at that marketing job. I didn't know it at the time. So I've always said to myself, I'm being a project manager for companies like Mars Chocolate or Nestle and L'Oreal. So all of these brands that really didn't align with my personal values. So I was almost upset with myself at the end of the day that I was giving so much energy to these big corporations that like were not aligned with my energy. So I really, I didn't think that that world had anything to offer me. And I didn't realize at the time that I would actually pursue my own consumer packaged good brand, right? So I didn't realize that those whole eight years, I was actually learning exactly what it took to kind of build my brand. But during that time, I was like, oh, this is a waste of my time. I'm not learning anything. Like nothing matters here. And I said, like, no, like looking back on it now, I was like, I understand the process. I understand how things work. I understand how you start from one end and then go through steps A, B, C, D to get to the end of the journey or to get to the end of that project line. So looking back on it now, extremely grateful for that time I spent with that company because it taught me so much, especially with not having any post-secondary education in the project manager field or anything outside of, um, outside of just holistic nutrition. So yeah, it's been cool. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I feel like every experience that we have in our careers and in our lives helps to inform the next thing that we're going to do and the next thing. And I talk a lot about this, about how like careers are often not as linear as we all think they're going to be right. Like we get out of school and we think, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to just like take the first step and then I'll take the next step and kind of start working my way up the corporate ladder. And most people's careers are way messier than that. Right. So you have to just kind of like take the experience from your prior career and try to incorporate it into the next steps and the next things you're going to be doing. Yeah. Um, I do want to talk to you, though, about kind of that transition piece, because you did go from being a project manager into having um, a nutrition company. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. OK, so tell me a little bit about that. Like, how did you get started as a nutritionist? Yeah, so I was in school um, and I knew it was really important to me to build that online presence. I know that so much is possible if you have that online community. So when I was even still in school, halfway, halfway through, um, halfway through the year, it was just a year of full-time course. Halfway through the year, I decided to start, um, I registered my business name. I started my Instagram and I just kind of let everybody know. I put out feelers. Like, by the way, I'm a student, like I'm going to be taking on clients in this month. Like, let, I'm just trying to get my, my feet wet and figure out how this world really works. So I started by building an online community and then I started getting clients and I just thought it was absolutely crazy that people were trusting me with their health. Like that was the huge part of imposter syndrome that I felt where I was, I was so nervous to take on somebody's energy who needed that help and healing. And I, and I was the person that like wanted to help them put the pieces back together and make those connections and correlations. And it was so exciting, like wildly exciting. And I learned so much, but then I realized as I started continuing on with that journey, like I was burning out with the amount of clients that I had. I had no time to do anything. I always needed to do something for a client. I always needed to coach a client through X, Y, Z. And I just felt this passion where I was like, I want to help more people than just the current six people I'm working with. And like, I don't have it in me to take on more clients, but I know that I want to reach a mass. And that was something really interesting um, that caused me to start Bexbroth and really realize like, you know what, maybe I take a step back from one-on-one clients and I actually start serving my community with like a nourishing product. So 
I was only really, I only really practiced in my own um, holistic nutrition comp- holistic nutrition company for probably six months until I decided, you know what, I can't take on the clients. I'm just fully pivoting to Bex Broth because that's where my energy is better served. That yeah. makes sense. So you move very quickly. This is a piece I'm getting from your journey is that like when you realize that something is not the right fit for you, or you realize that something else would be a better fit, you pivot very quickly. Apparently so. <laughs> I just recently learning. Like when I was younger, like I was, when I was in high school, I was always that rebel. Like I, I was getting D's. I was not getting good grades at all. So this whole journey of the past, really the two years until I went to holistic nutrition school and I graduated with a 93 average, I was like, holy crap. Like I have the ability to get good grades and actually make a difference. Like all of that, even when I was in marketing for like up until I was like 20, 26, I had no idea I was capable of any of that. So it was a complete eye opener. Um, and then I realized, oh, I can do this. So I'm going to move at a, at a speed that feels comfortable to me. So that's awesome. And sometimes it just takes finding the right thing too, right? Like maybe all of the other schoolwork you were doing, wasn't the right thing for you. And you finally found the right thing and you were passionate about it. I feel like sometimes that's all it takes. Totally. And yeah, just even a couple of people like in my circle that trusted me and believed in me. Like, I think that's the feeling that I really needed. Like, I think that's what I was craving through my whole adolescent life. I was like, I never really felt that. And finally, once I felt that I wanted to make them proud. And I was like, I'm doing this for them because it feels so cool to have somebody cheering you on and being proud of your work and knowing what you're capable of. And like, that was just like fuel to my fire. Once I felt that initially, I was like, let's go. Yes. Okay. Fuel that passion. I love it. I love it. Um, so why then bone broth? Like why, what kind of pushed you in the direction of bone broth specifically? Mm -hmm. Great question. So uh, when I started my nutrition practice, I really, I wanted to specialize in gut health and just complete body nourishment. I mean, when you're, when you're a nutritionist and you're working with a client, the number one thing that you come back or that you come to in the beginning is what does their gut health look like, right? That's where we always start. No matter what symptoms your um, client is dealing with, we're going to deal with the gut and the root issues first. So I was always recommending bone broth to my clients. It was always in their protocols. It's a really easy way. It's so nourishing for the digestive system. It's so healing. And there's just so many vitamins and minerals and it's an ancestral food. So we're really like upcycling bones to make this powerful liquid. So I did, and it just checked all of my boxes. So I was always recommending bone broth to my clients and none of them were drinking it. It was like, I hear it week after week. It was like, oh, like I know that was in my protocol. I didn't get to it. I don't know how to cope with it. Like, I don't want to make it. Um, and then we were also trying to take them away from spending 10 bucks at Starbucks a day on these drinks that are loaded with poor quality caffeine and all these artificial flavors and sugars. So it was really, I remember the moment so vividly, I was sitting in a meditation and I was just kind of, I like to ask like the questions, like, what is next? Like, what's like, I know I need to do something. And all of a sudden it, like, it was like smacked me in the head. It was like, make a bone broth, hot chocolate. And I was like, what? Like, that's absolutely crazy. And I, I felt so sure of myself and I trusted myself so much. So as soon as I got out of that meditation, I tried the recipe and I was like, this is delicious. Like I can, like, it's palatable. It's nourishing. I have that sweet tooth. I love chocolate. Um, I'm always looking to make these fun recipes that are good for you. And that taste good. Um, and I just knew I, as, as soon as I took a sip, I just knew that was my future. And I told my husband, I was like, I might sound crazy, but like, we're doing this. Like I'm starting a bone broth business. Um, so yeah, that was pretty much the start of it. And it was honestly just because I trusted myself in that moment where I heard this voice in my head that was like, try this out. And it was like, cool. I barely did any other research and I just like got to work. So I just felt that I needed to come in this direction. And what was your husband supportive in that transition and that change? Yeah. Literally the best. I feel like he's the best partner in life, but also the best person to kind of come to at the end of the day to be like, Hey, I'm feeling this way. It's okay for me to feel this way. Like I know I'm asking a lot right now to kind of try and start another business. I mean, I'm sure any entrepreneur out here like has that same, same feeling where it's like, when you make that decision, it's not just about you. It's also about like your family, like what's going on. I mean, like you're taking a big risk starting another business. Um, that's not generating income right away, because as you know, every single cent that you earn in business gets reinvested into the business until you're at a point that you can actually start like paying yourself. Right. Um, so yeah, he's extremely supportive and I feel, I feel so grateful. 
Good. Okay. That is amazing. So um, when you started Beck's Broth, it started out, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think it started out as you were actually making the liquid form of the broth. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, So it was mid pandemic and I found a commercial kitchen and I just put in so like, honestly, looking back on it now, it like gives me like the cringes. Um, so just making so much bone broth and learning as I go, like, I don't have like that culinary background. So there were so many things for me to learn there when it comes to measurements, formula development. So we were making all the bone broth in-house and then, um, we were packaging up in like glass jars. So when we first, first started, we were doing the Mason jars and then we were pressure canning it. So they would stay shelf stable. And oh my gosh, that was such a nightmare. I was burning myself on these pressure cookers. I had multiple goings. So like even just remembering what that, like remembering the sounds of the kitchen with all the pressure cookers going at the same time and then burning myself trying to get them out. Like it was, it was not fun. It was a very humbling experience. So we did that for a couple of months. And then I realized, you know what, we're just not going to pressure can. That's too much work. It takes too much time. So then we just started doing it in actual like glass jars. And then they had a shelf life of like one week. So then we decided, you know what, we'll freeze them. We'll put all of them in the freezer and that's how we'll kind of sell into retail. Um, and then we quickly learned that it was really hard to sell frozen glass into a retailer. So I knew, I pretty much knew in the beginning we would need to pivot one day um, into like a powder that's shelf stable. Um, but that that time came quicker quicker than I anticipated. But it was, it was a lot of, it was about a year and a half solid of just being in the kitchen, making the broth, lifting these heavy jars. Um, yeah, so it was an interesting process. <laughs> I feel like these are like such normal growing pains, especially in the food space, right? Because you get into it and most of us in the food space get into it without the experience, right? So we've never necessarily worked in a kitchen before, coffee shops, like food service. Most of us don't have that kind of experience, let alone making a packaged product that you're hoping will sit on store shelves. You don't know how to do that. And so I feel like there's this learning curve that we all go through of like making the wrong product for like the CPG space, making it in the wrong way, like having to change your formulation to make it more uh, shelf stable, um, like changing your packaging, like there's so many pieces and so many pivots that you have to do as you start to figure out what the industry is like. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that applies to probably most industries, right? Like you get into it, you don't know what's going on and you're like, cool, I'm just going to enter the market with this product that I created. And then mm-hmm. you start to learn your space and you start to understand like what buyers are willing to put on store shelves and what the person that you're selling to actually wants from you. Um, and then you have to make changes and go from there. Yeah. And like, you don't know what you don't know. So I remember showing at my, showing up at my first retail store ever. It was Dars and Alora. Shout out Dars. I've always loved them growing up. I grew up in Alora. So that was just a grocery, grocery store that was really close to home. So I showed up there ready to sell. And I was like, Dar, like, can you accept my product? Like gave her the lowdown. And she's like, oh yeah. Like, are you like approved by public health? And I'm like, what? What's what's public health? Like, and she's like, Oh, like come back to me when that sorted out and just kind of laughed and gave me like somebody that I can like reach out to. And so then it was just such another hurdle. Cause I was like, okay, now I need to. So I talked to public health, realized my labels weren't done like appropriately. So then I had to backtrack and my labels update. And it was just, it's so funny looking back on it now, like the way that we started and just like the trials and tribulations of like, Hey, like we like, it's like two foot, two steps forward, one step back. Like it was just continuous of like, wow, okay, this is going to be a lot more than I took on, but I mean, I'm committed. So we have to make it work. Like we need to make this work. Um, but it's just so funny. and so cute the way that it started. Yeah. <laughs> I think most of us look back and we're like, oh my God, that was so cringy, but like <laughs> everybody starts somewhere. Right. And I think yeah. the best stories come out of those hardships in the early days when you're like, I had to fight tooth and nail to even figure out what like the health unit was and what to put on my labels. And like, you just feel like you're constantly like, I talk about it as like clawing your way out of this hole and you're getting like dirt under your nails. And I think it's really interesting because a lot of people who are not entrepreneurs see entrepreneurship as this like glamorous 
thing, mm-hmm. like this shiny thing that's really cool and really exciting. And and then you get into it and you're like, wow, this is like really grimy, really hard work. Like there's a lot of physical labor involved a lot of the time and you're just trying to make it work. So have you had moments like that where you're like, wow, I did not realize entrepreneurship was going to be like this? All the time. And even still, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm finding myself in a really, I love where I'm at right now in business. It's so cozy and supportive. Um, but in the beginning it was hard. I was working so many hours. My body hurt so bad, so bad from lifting hundreds of pounds of bones every single day, cleaning these machines. Like I was in so much pain, but then like physical pain, but then like mentally I was exhausted because I was spending so much time in the business, trying to perfect it and not on the business development. Right. So there was just a huge lack of disconnect. And of course, like I didn't trust anybody with the work. So I was doing everything myself and it was like, I was so exhausted, but a part of me knew that I would figure it out one day. I just kind of needed to put in those hours, but there was days where, yeah, like my husband had to pick me up off the ground. I was just crying. Like I was like a miserable mess. I was like, this sucks. This is not fun. And then, um, my mentor, he said something that like, just still resonates to this day. It was like, everybody wants to be an entrepreneur because they can work half days. And he's like, but what they don't realize is like, you need to pick which 12 hours of the 24 hours you want to work a day. Like it's, <laughs> it's not half days. It's yeah. you're working full days and you're always on. Um, so that's something that I quickly learned. And once I accepted that and it, yeah, <laughs> it took a lot, but for sure. So then how do you keep going? Like it's, it's hard, right? It is hard work. So how do you keep going through those moments where you are like on the floor crying? Cause I feel like we all have those moments. Like that is a very relatable thing that you just said. And a lot of people don't talk about it. And I think it's important that we do talk about it. And we do talk about the, those hard moments because social media can be a bit of a highlight reel. Like no one wants to post about themselves crying on the floor, but we do all have those moments for sure. So how do you pick yourself back up and keep going in those moments? Um, Something that I really leaned into in the beginning is I'm a very authentic and candid person. So from the beginning, I was like, I'm putting my full business journey online. And that's what's helped. Like the community that we've formed at Bex Broth is so special um to the point where I do go on camera and I am crying and I'm like this sucks today like I'm in so like I'm so upset like my head is running running around the block it feels like like I don't feel healthy and like the the people that write in and just have been there since the very beginning are so supportive and it that's what keeps me going it's like knowing that there's thousands of people rooting me on it's like it's so invigorating and it gives me so much energy and like it's cool. I love having that relationship with people that they can see me do some really cool things, but then they can also see me when I'm on the floor. And that's when they love me more. That's when they're like, Hey, like we need to take you right now. Like they're a part of the journey. And like, that's their way of contributing. It's just like, you got this. Like when you're sad, tell us we're going to pump you back up. And that's exactly how it's been. So, I mean, there's been more times than one where I've like shared online where it's like not doing well right now. This is what's going on. Like, it's not all rainbows and butterflies. It's like, no, I need to take out a $30,000 loan right now, or I just cashed in my life savings. I no longer have life insurance because I cashed that out to invest it in the business. And like, it's scary, right? Um, but really like the things that keeps me going is just having that authentic connection with the community, because that's the one thing that has made me feel like I'm actually doing it. Like there's absolutely no sense of imposter syndrome because I'm putting my true self out there and I'm being validated by my community every single day. And they just make me feel very safe and secure and loved. And honestly, that's what gets me through every single day. So that's incredible. That's incredible. I love that authenticity because like, it's really rare to see that. It is very, very rare to see somebody who's actually just showing up every day and being like, hey, this is actually what my life looks like today. And it's not fantastic. And maybe tomorrow will be better. But today is like kind of sucking, actually, right? For sure. So like, I just think that's incredible. Um, You mentioned something about you were working too much in the business and not on the business. And I assume that when you made your pivot into like a powdered dry product, when you made your pivot into that space that you had to really be working on the business and not in it. So what did that transition look like for you? Oh, it's the best transition ever. I'm actually so happy to look back on it now. So before I was working minimum 25 hours in the kitchen a week, making all the broth, packaging it all, 
putting it in the freezers, bringing some home to put it in our home freezers. Like we have three freezers in our garage right now that were just filled to the brim. People coming by my house every single day um, to pick up their broth. Like I always said that I was like the neighborhood's like broth dealer. Like I probably look like a drug dealer. Like my neighbors were like, why is everybody showing up at Becky's house every single day, picking up a mysterious bag and walking away? Um, but so the transition, um, we finally started working with the co-packer back in August. So when we started working with the co-packer, they have, we ship them all the ingredients then they package it all, like blend the powder, put them in the packaging for us. So then that freed up over 24, 25 hours of my week to actually work on the business now. So business development, like I'm not exhausted to open up my laptop and message everybody back. It's, it's such a fun space now, really trying to grow the business because I'm not, physically exhausted anymore I'm in such a better mindset so it's like I I absolutely it's a humbling experience to do it all yourself but then when you get to that point where you have a co-packer and like or if you have like a manufacturing facility I know it looks different to everybody but I feel like we finally can grow the business in the direction that I've always dreamed of because I'm just not exhausted anymore so I love our co-packers so much uh, we work with Tree down in Burlington and they're such an incredibly they're in such an incredible team. They're family run. They're so supportive and yeah, I just love everything that they do. So it's like, it just, we just match up so well. So I feel so grateful for that relationship. Amazing. Um, huge shout out to Rootree because I've heard so many fantastic things about them from mm. so many different people. So I'll link them in the show notes as well, in case you guys are interested. Um, but how did you find a co-packer? This is like a mystery to most food entrepreneurs is like, what is a co-packer? How do you find one? How do you even vet them to make sure that they're good and like legit and above board? Because I've also heard some pretty bad horror stories of people getting into bed with co-packers that like went bankrupt. Um, I heard a story of somebody whose co-packer actually went to jail. Like so, so horrible, so horrible. So how did you find them? Okay, so it a funny answer because I feel like this is me to a T with every business decision that I've made so far. Again, listen to my gut and I don't overanalyze the situations. Like I think Rootree was one of the two co-packers I had on my list. And I was like, yeah, we're just going to work with them. I look for somebody who has a strong community. That's the number one thing for me. It's like, if I, if some, if the company research reaches out to me and they don't have like a good website or a social media, or I can't find the founder on like LinkedIn. That's kind of like, mm, like I'm not going to waste my energy there. I want somebody who's well-connected. I want somebody who has built a community for themselves because then that's trust. That's exactly where trust forms. Like I see that so many people trust them and are invested in their personal journey. So honestly, finding a co-packer um, for at least a powder blend, it's really easy when you have a powder. I feel like more co-packers are able to work with you because it's just an easier situation. Um, but I just got a good vibe and you know, good vibes trump everything. So I was just like, I met with two different co-packers. I met with EPAC in Toronto as well, who I love their facilities were gorgeous. But at the end of the day, I felt called to root tree. They had low minimums. They were cheaper than any other place that I um, spoke with when I literally only spoke with two other places, but I just felt, I felt like I knew in my heart that I was going to work with them. And again, I just trusted that. I trust my gut more than anything. And it's just always led me in a really not always let me in a, in a positive way, but I mean, this time I really did. So this is honestly, I think it's fantastic that you keep coming back to this like intuition piece and trusting your gut, because I was literally having a conversation with my husband last night about how I've been leaning into this more literally in the last two weeks and mm -hmm. saying like, I need to just trust my gut more often. And as I've been doing it, I've been noticing that it is in fact leading me in the right direction. And so we were talking about that and like, I'm a little woo, but I'm not super woo woo. Um, and so I was kind of like, why do you think that is? And he was like, it's probably because you've already taken in all of the information that you need to make this decision. So you don't need to sit down and like overanalyze everything all over again. Like you already have all the information that you need. So just make that decision and go with your, what your gut is telling you is the best choice, right? Totally. And I, I feel like it's, it just serves, like, I mean, life wants you to succeed. Like, I mean, it, and like, you get what, like, you get what you give in this world. Right. And I, I totally believe that there's so much fluidity to that. So I feel like if you're a good person, you're doing that work, you're trusting yourself at the end of the day. Like, I mean, like you're, 
you're never going to deceive yourself. You're always going to make that decision. And if you trust yourself and you go in a direction that honestly wasn't meant for you and maybe something happened, that's a learning experience. And those happen as well. And you just kind of need to take those with grace. It's how you deal with those types of situations when it doesn't work out to your favor, that's going to make you progress at the end of the day. So everything's a learning experience. You just kind of need to trust that it's going to work to your favor in one way or another. So amazing. Okay. Perfect transition to my next question, um, which is the fact that failure is a part of being an entrepreneur. It is just, it is the name of the game. You have to get into things. You have to try things. You have to fail at things in order to learn. Was there ever a time in your business when you had a pretty big failure and you thought like, man, I cannot believe that I failed at this. And like, what did that look like? And how did you come out the other side of it? Yeah, I think the biggest time that I felt that because I'm, I'm never really hard on myself. I try and give myself so much grace and I understand that these things happen. So I just try and let them roll off my back. But I think the biggest thing is when in the summertime, or whenever this has happened where like food waste has been involved, like in the, this past summer, we had our fridge break on us. I think like two or three times at the commercial kitchen that I was at before we pivoted over to the powder. And each time I lost thousands of dollars worth of broth. And I was on the floor in my kitchen. I was just crying. I was so disappointed, even though it wasn't my fault, like the, like the fridge broke, right. That's not on me. I mean, the um, but I was so disappointed in myself. And I just think like, whenever there's food waste involved, I get so emotional and there's like almost like a personal connection there. Like when I moved out when I was food, or 16, I didn't have the money to always buy the food that I wanted. So now when I waste food now, I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like I, it makes me so upset. And those are the, those are the moments that I like remember the most. Cause it's like, it hurts on like a personal level on like a level where it's like that, that could have nourished so many people. And I just let that slip down the drain. So I think the the one time, like the only times that I really felt failure in the business is when like food waste has been involved. And it's like, ah, it's like such a shitty feeling. I hate yeah. that feeling more than anything. So yeah, waste, whenever there's food waste involved, it just hits me on a, on a really personal level. For sure. Cause that doesn't just affect you. It doesn't just affect your business or your customers. It is like a worldwide problem right yeah, and so you kind bad. of feel like man i just contributed to this issue that like i really want to to help be a part of the solution and not be a part of the problem right totally and like yeah. so many hours goes into it too so then i was like thinking like oh like all those hours are now wasted like i'm already exhausted and now like i'm back to where i started two weeks ago so it just it hurts sometimes on yeah such a funny level but that's the only that's the only time i've ever been disappointed or experienced that sense of failure in business. And it's always been with situations that are kind of out of my control. So yeah, for sure. So then when you're talking about this, you're kind of talking about like how much work it is and like how hard it is, which is great. Cause I think it's fantastic that we're being so authentic and real. Um, but how do you deal with that? Like, how do you deal with the exhaustion? How do you avoid burnout? Like, how do you, I don't want to use the word balance necessarily, but like, how do you find some semblance of balance and like have a life outside of your business? Mm -hmm. Well, I'll let you know when I figure it out. Uh, <laughs> For sure. No, but back in, back in the day when I was working in the kitchen, I do feel there's a lot of balance right now in my life. But when I was still working in the kitchen in those early months, grinding it out, like again, healthy diet, I needed to make sure I was energizing my body with the right foods. Cause I knew if I was skipping meals or not eating enough protein, like I would feel that on like a physical level. So it was really making sure that I was eating right, that I was getting my sleep, like a nine hours of sleep is typically like a non-negotiable for me. Like I need to feel rested when I wake up. Um, also I have a dog, so I walk my dog for one hour every single morning. And that's like such a nice reset where it's like, Hey, I'm out here. She needs me. I'm in the woods and I feel so grounded. So just making sure that you ground yourself on a daily basis and my dog was a huge factor in me doing that because it's so easy to wake up and you love what you do. You want to jump right into work. So before I was meditating a lot, I still do a lot of yoga and I was always doing that in the mornings. And then the more I started working and I was like, Hey, like maybe I'll skip yoga today. Cause I just want to jump right onto my computer. Right. It's like that happens so many more times than not. And then I wasn't like serving myself. So then by the end of the day, I would feel burnt out, but having a dog, I mean, like you need to walk her. She's going to let me know that she needs to go for a full hour. So 
her getting into the forest was such a nice grounding routine that we were able to build together. And I just think like, that's the reason why I haven't cracked in a lot of ways, <laughs> because like I'm out there, I'm in the forest and breathing in that oxygen and I'm really recentering myself and allowing, allowing the day to flow after that. So just making sure that like you take those breaks for yourself, even though work seems more exciting sometimes than staying down and meditating or doing breath work. Um, but it's just, yeah, important to take that time for yourself because it will pay off in the future. Awesome. And I feel like also being present in those moments as well, right? Like I journal every single morning and I find that some mornings I'm like kind of rushing through it because I'm like, okay, yeah, for sure. I got to do my journal. Like I'm almost just checking something off of a list Mm -hmm. versus being present in that moment. Like that is the work that's going to ground you, right? It's not like you can't just check this stuff off of a list. Like you actually have to like lean into it and experience it. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. No, and I'm I'm a journaler too. And I often feel like that's one thing where it's like, oh, like I only have five minutes to journal, just quickly get it down. It's like, no, like tap into that, be present with it. Like you're going to, and it's so funny reflecting back on your journal. Like, I mean, like I have three journals on my desk right now, but there's this one that I really just dedicate to business development. And like, looking back on it now, I'm like, oh my God, like, it's so adorable. Like, I can't wait to turn this into a memoir one day because it's just, it's so humbling. Right. But it's, it makes you just connect with yourself on a deeper level. And that's one way of tapping into your intuition, right? It's like, you're channeling all that energy into something. You're reflecting back on your life. Your, your desires come into, come into your vision a little bit more easier. Um, but yeah, so I, I love journaling as well. It's it's a, such a cool practice that I think everybody should kind of dabble in once in a while because it can teach you so much about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Or just having like something, right? Having something there, whether it's journaling or like you're saying, meditation, breath work, yoga, walking your dog, like whatever it is, but like something that gets you out of your business. Because mm-hmm. I think for so many of us, our brains are just like, permanently tied to our businesses like even when you're not technically working you're thinking about your business you're talking about your business with your spouse or you know your partner whoever it is you're constantly just like thinking through things like if you're anything like me i sometimes wake up at like 3 a.m thinking about my business (laughs) like we are so bad for just like being so over-involved in our businesses. So I think this is a fantastic tip to like, just take some time each and every day, whether it's five minutes or an hour, like whatever you can spare and just be really present in doing that thing that's gonna help ground you, right? Yeah, and a big thing I've learned lately as well is I was doing a lot of store demos. I was doing the farmer's market on Saturdays. And it became so much to wake up so early on like 5 a.m. on Saturdays and go to the farmer's market. And now since we transitioned our product into the powdered powdered product, it's not really like a farmer's market product anymore. It's a grocery one. So we stepped away from the farmer's market, but I've been doing more wellness events. And I've so I've been doing these wellness events, serving people hot chocolate after they've done like hot cold therapy, or I'll go to like a yoga studio and spend the day with them there. And those moments fill up my cup so much more because again, I'm showcasing a product, but it's also getting me out of doing the business development work, the grunt work on the computer and into such a safe and fun space. Um, so I've really been prioritizing wellness events because if you're at a four hour event, you're not on your phone, you're not, you're not on your emails grinding out. So it's, it's such a nice way to immerse yourself in like a restorative a restorative event while you're building community at the same time so all of those events have been just checking my boxes lately and it's been so much fun so i want to uh kind of transition back to talking about that pivot that you made from actually making that bone broth product in the mason jars and doing the pressure canning and the whole nine yards into kind of the powdered um, grocery space, right? And you just mentioned that you kind of moved away from like the farmer's market space and into the grocery space. Um, And I know from experience that that transition does require quite a bit of funding um, and quite a bit of change. Mm -hmm. And so can you tell us a little bit about how you funded um, this pivot and this transition in your business? Totally, yeah. So. Um, again, I just, I knew the end goal was the powder. I knew that's what was going to help me help the business scale and grow. And that's where, that's what we needed to do. 
Um, so we, it took nine months of solid planning. Um, and again, I have it all written down in my book every single day, what I did to accomplish this goal. So it was nine months of strategically planning the new branding, like the formulas, how we would get the funding, what it's going to cost the co-packer, how we're going to package it. Um, so nine months. And in that time, I realized that the uh, investment is huge. I mean, I needed I think for the initial launch, because it was the rebrand and everything else, the initial launch was like $50,000. And I was like, I don't have that in my bank. I already invested every single cent of my savings. So we were able to secure a small business loan um, for $30,000 from Harvest Impact, which was really helpful. I mean, at first I was like, oh, like it's scary taking money and especially especially growing up and having that money trauma. It's so nerve wracking knowing that I don't have a safety net and now I'm taking out more money. And, but one thing I really needed to accept was that you need to kind of take those investments to build your business. It's going to pay off. That's just how business works. You can't always just, you can't always just do it on your own, especially when you're undergoing a large production run of like 10,000 units, which is what we did at first. So we needed $50,000. So that's when I need, I cashed out my life insurance. Um, which reminds me, I should probably get life insurance. Um, <laughs> for sure. Eventually getting back to that would be good for sure. But, uh, yeah. So invested all my money, got a small business loan, really just got savvy with like how I was spending the money. I feel like our branding agency, I absolutely love them, but I knew that was a non-negotiable for me was to invest in good branding. So I could have, and that's one thing, like that's the one disagreement that my husband and I had at the beginning. He's like, you don't need to spend $15,000 at this design agency. And I was like, but I do. I was like, I like, I know where we're going. I want to be the biggest bone broth company. I want to be the baddest bone broth company. I want to be trendy. I want to be fun. And like, that takes money. And like, I don't have that creativity to build that branding on my own. I need to outsource. I'm smart to know when I need to outsource for something because I know that it will drive the growth faster than if I was to do it on my own. Um, so yeah, it was just, it was probably a $50,000 investment. We were able to get a, like a loan from that to cash up my life insurance and then yeah, we kind of just made it work surprisingly enough. And it was, it was so interesting. So we started the planning in January. Um, we were, we, our launch was September 23rd of this, of 2023, but I also had my wedding in September, September 2nd. And then I had a two week honeymoon. And then the day after my honeymoon, was when we launched at CHFA and launched the product to the world. So the months of se se like July, August, September were absolutely crazy for me because it was the busiest time of my life. And I, there was so much investment going on where I was like, I don't know how I'm going to eat today. I have no money. Like I, like there is no money in my bank account between a wedding, a honeymoon, and then a product and brand launch. So it was a crazy time. <laughs> That's insane. That's mm -hmm. absolutely nuts. And like, but I feel like it's so very entrepreneurial, right? Like life doesn't stop and also your business doesn't stop. So you kind of just have to keep going and keep rolling with things as they come up. Um, I remember, are you familiar with Jesse Itzler? Uh, no, I'm not. Okay. So he's actually um, Sarah Blakely's husband. So Sarah Blakely, the founder of Spanx. Mm -hmm. um, and he does a lot of work around like personal growth and mindset um, he has something called a life resume. So like basically taking advantage of your life while you are here. Um, so I love him. I love him. I listen to him all the time. And he actually had coconut water was mm -hmm. one of his first businesses that he had. And he actually sampled out the coconut water at his wedding because he oh, was like, God. I need mar I need to do market research. I need some feedback. So we're just going to get all our wedding guests to like try this coconut water because why oh, not, right? That's hilarious. Yeah. I think during my wedding, I think I, I tried to turn it off and my honeymoon as well. It was like, I knew I'm so grateful that one of my best friends, um, he's like our, our branding strategist. Um, but I'm so grateful that he was able to work with our, um, our branding team and then our e-commerce development team while I was away for two weeks, because I was like, I, I owe it to my husband to turn business off during these weeks. He's put up with so much for me over these past few years. And I was like, I need to give him three weeks of my life without talking about Bex broth. Like this is our time. Like our honeymoon was our time. It felt so sacred and it was like the most beautiful time ever. So I was like, I know that our launch is coming up in two weeks and I know it's there and so many, so much behind the scenes is still happening, but I really needed to turn it off because I just felt like that was like 
the best gift that I could give him and myself, but I think he really deserved that. So I was grateful to be able to do that. Yeah, for sure. I think it's like as much as your life and your business are very intertwined and there's oftentimes not a whole lot that we can do about that. I think it's also super important to have boundaries as well, right? And to say like, I am carving out this time for just like my personal life and my relationships and things like that. I actually made the mistake of not doing that in my first business. And I feel like I spent five years just completely devoting my entire life to my business. And then I came out the other side of it and I was like, I feel like I blinked and I missed like half of my thirties. Like it's so wild. And so I do feel like even though we're all hustling really hard and we're working really hard on our businesses and we're trying to be successful and to create this big, cool thing. It's like, you also have to remember to take time for other things in your life. Right. Yeah, Yeah. no, absolutely. You don't, you don't want to miss those special moments shared with like your friends and your family, right? Like those always need to have a priority in your life. Um, It's just so easy to get distracted because business is so cool and intoxicating. It's like an addiction. Like I feel like, and I don't know if, I know that you follow me on social media. I'm on Instagram all the time. It's like, I need to build these boundaries, but I have so much fun with it because my inbox, like there's so many cool things coming in and it's so easy to get distracted by business. Um, But it's also important to reel yourself out of that. And like, that's why my friends and I, we we're really like hillbillies at heart. We go to the cottage whenever we can in the summer and like disconnect. And like, that's what I need. Because if I stay at home or if I stay in town, I'm going to be working. So we just kind of need to pull ourselves out of that situation and go somewhere remote where like my phone is not going to work. Um, but we do a really good job of making sure that we go away multiple times per year, whether it's yeah, to the lake, to a cottage, um, somewhere just to yeah, feel that disconnect. Um, okay. A couple kind of last questions to wrap this all up. Cause I think this has been an awesome conversation. Um, so if you were to give one piece of advice to a new entrepreneur, what do you think is the most important thing that they need to know about starting a business? Oh, I have two pieces. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. So the one that I feel like my community probably hears me say all the time, um, this is something that, or it's just a phrase that I heard in the very beginning. That's literally the source of all of my inspiration. Um, I went to this networking event one time, this entrepreneur yoga flow. I was not an entrepreneur at the time. I literally had to Google what entrepreneur meant before I went to this yoga flow. And I was like, I'm not them, but I need to know that like, I'm not like cheating the system by going here. Like my friend's the instructor. So I'm just going to support her. So I Googled what the word entrepreneur meant, which was really funny. Um, and then after the yoga flow, we all sat into a circle and everybody was sharing pieces of advice. And something that stuck with me that I say to myself every single day is leap and the net will appear. It is so scary. It's so easy to hold yourself back in situation, but you just need to go for it. You need to dive off that cliff because whatever is going to happen is for the best. It's going to work out. You're going to learn from it. It's going to propel you forward. And that's a motto that I've kept in my head every single day, leap and the net will appear. Like you just need to make those steps and then success will follow. Right. Um, so that's one thing that I've just stayed true to this whole time and that I remind myself of, but another one is like, create your network and your community, like connect with your community, make sure that they know what's going on in your life, in your business, but then also create a network. Like I really utilized LinkedIn lately to like, that's where I ask for help. Of course I share all like our little milestones or our wins, but I am still a young entrepreneur. I don't know anything. Right. So whenever I have a question, it's like, Hey guys, help me. <laughs> like, help me. I'm poor. Like, what do I do? Like, like a co-packer, like, I mean, like, how do I get my labels verified? So I I'm always asking those questions and there's so many, I love the food and beverage industry because there are so many people out there that want to help you and that they want to see you succeed. People love being a part of the entrepreneurial journey. And especially if they can add value, like they're going to be there for you. So I think like my LinkedIn community is so special because it's, it's crazy that little old me is connected with all of these industry experts and they're in my inbox trying to help me every step of the way. And I just think that's the coolest thing ever because it's like, wow, like they're so selfless. They're so dedicated to trying to help me succeed. And I just think that's the most special thing ever. So leap in the net will appear, use your community and create your network. And I just think with all of that in mind, like you're bound to succeed. Like, I feel like that's, those, that's what you need to move forward and everything else will just fall into place. 
Yeah, absolutely. I definitely think that creating that network is huge. It's huge. Like building real authentic relationships with other human beings, like on a very real and personal level, I think it makes all the difference. And I completely underestimated that when I first started, like I thought, okay, I have a product. I'm going to go out to the world. I'm going to sell the product. I thought of it as a very transactional thing. And then I got to the farmer's market initially and I start selling to people and my customers weren't just like, here's my money, give me my product. My customers Mm -hmm. were like, hey, how's your day going, right? Can you tell me about like how you started your business? Like what, what led you to do this? Why do you care about like whole food products? Like people want to know, they want to know, they want to hear from you and they want to hear the real you. So I think there is a bit of a learning curve to that, but I think building those real relationships with other humans is so invaluable to growing your business. Absolutely. And just even speaking back to the days that I was at the farmer's market, all of the farmer's market staff and all the other vendors were like, what is going on at your booth? And like, I would have a lineup of customers every single Saturday and it's customers that aren't necessarily even buying my product. I mean, half of them didn't, but they wanted to stop in. They wanted to see how I was doing. And I really, like I gave them all my time. I was so authentic with them. I cried with them. I knew what was going on in their lives. And it was just a lineup of my friends saying hi every single Saturday. And it was just like friends, but it's really just community members that I met by giving them two minutes of my time and building that relationship. Cause that's the important part of business. It's connection. Like, let me hear what you have to say. And then I don't know, it's just, it's such a cool experience building connections with your neighbors, right? Like that's what it comes down to at the end of the day, like we're so tribal. Like, I mean, like that's what keeps you healthy. That's what gives you joy. That's what helps you feel fulfilled. It's just, yeah, building those relationships is everything in my book. So I love that. It's so wild, honestly, where those relationships take you to. Cause like I actually, one of my closest friends right now is somebody who I met because they were a customer of Boho. And I went on a podcast um, a couple weeks ago from somebody who is now doing something totally different. She's kind of in the marketing and website creation space. Um, And she was a customer. That's how I met her initially as well. Like, it's so crazy. Like, you really never know where these relationships are going to take you, right? Absolutely. I have so many friends right now that are like close, near and dear friends. And it's just because they started buying my product. And then I was like, so we started talking a bit more. And now I'm like, wow, I would literally trust you with my life. Like, I just think it's so cool how this type of work. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, Okay. Well, this has been a fantastic conversation, Becky. Um, And I know that people are going to want to figure out where to buy the bone broth powders. Um, So can you tell them if they want to learn more about you or more about Beck's broth, how do they find out about you? Yeah, honestly, the best way, go to our Instagram. I'm in my DMs every single day. So you can order our product online for our e-commerce store. We ship all throughout Canada and we just opened up shipping to the U.S. this week. So that's been so exciting. Um, but yeah, drop us a line on, on Instagram. I'll always message you back. It's me behind all the socials. So you're getting my voice. Um, but then, yeah, so we are in most retailers, um, smaller independent retailers in the Guelph Kitchener area. We're moving towards Toronto. So that's been super exciting. We, we have a list on our website. I think it might not be completely up to date, but just send us an email, send us an Instagram message and yeah, we can chat from there. Amazing. Okay. Thank you so, so much for being on the show today. Um, Thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much. It was great to sit down and chat with you, Nicole.